Hey moms, dads, kids, here we go. This is our new and improved podcast. What we decided to do was break down the radio show to the best bits because we know your time is limited and we just wanted to make it good for you and shorter for you. And uh, what a show it is today. It's our heaven show. And whether you're a believer or a skeptic, wherever you come from, I think that you're going to find this show compelling with so much useful information, inspiring information, challenging information. You know, my hope always when we do these things is that it's a blessing to you as a mom, that it's a help to your kids. You can just settle in and enjoy the show. I really do hope that for you. So yeah, here we go. Hey, welcome moms, dads, and kids listening today. So glad you joined me. My name is Jenny and this is Channel Mom. It's the channel made for moms because moms are a really big deal. Even when the world doesn't tell you that you're important, I know you're important as you raise that next generation. Hey, get ready to find some hope in your life. The stuff we're going to talk about today on the show gives me more hope than almost anything else on the planet. It's hope that can change your life and your kids' lives too. I'm calling it our heaven show. We're going to share so many amazing stories and research about the reality of heaven from people who documented it very carefully. Let me tell you about our two guests. Dr. Robert Jeffress is the author of multiple books as well as uh, his new one, A Place Called Heaven for Kids, 10 Exciting Things About Our Forever Home. Dr. Jeffress, of course, also pastors First Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas, and he's got his own TV and radio program, the radio program Pathway to Victory, as we've heard right here on 94.7, the word as well as about 900 other stations. And then uh, John Burke, he's the author of a number of books as well. He uh, has written Imagine Heaven. The subtitle of that book is Near-Death Experiences, God's Promises, and the Exhilarating Future That Awaits You. Uh, I have this book by my bedside table, and it has been immensely uplifting to me over the last couple of years. In addition to that, uh, John Burke also pastors Gateway Church in Austin, Texas. Welcome, gentlemen. I will say both of your names so you know who I'm addressing, but for now I'm just saying welcome to both of you. Thank you so much. Yeah, great to be on the show again. Oh, thank you so much, John. Yes, you have been on the show before. All right, so um, since Pastor Jeffress has the newer book, I'll go with him first. Can you just tell us, Dr. Jeffress, why you wrote this book, why you felt compelled? Because I know you have a place called Heaven for ki- for adults, sort of, but you right. thought, no, kids need to know about this too, so why did you feel compelled to write it? Well, I've been a pastor for 40 years. I have spoken to literally thousands of kids about uh, salvation and heaven and eternity. And I'm a father and a grandfather as well. And I just felt like that there was a need for a book that simply and imaginatively uh, explained the hope of heaven for children. And look, our children are exposed to the reality of death every day, whether it's the loss of a grandparent or a family member or even what they witness on television, these mass shootings, and it sparks fears. Sometimes it sparks question about heaven. I wanted to give parents and grandparents a tool they could use to tell children about the hope of heaven. And as you mentioned, I answered the 10 most frequently asked questions by children about heavens. And the book closes with answering the most important question, how do I go to heaven? And there's a clear plan of salvation and a prayer that the uh, child can pray in order to trust in Christ as Savior. And, you know, I would just say that I believe the most important job we have as parents and grandparents is to ensure that our children are going to be with us one day in that place called heaven, children. Yeah, you wrote it partly to address grief and tragedy and things like that that are commonplace in our everyday world. And, uh, John, let's go to you quickly. And um, I just, I'm a fan of your book, and it has been a huge help to me on days when I've struggled. And I just want you to remind folks of the extensive 
research that has gone into this? Because I feel like you've sort of written this book for the skeptic. I have a family who, you know, many of my family members do not believe in heaven at all. And we certainly have listeners who aren't there either. So I feel like you wrote this book sort of for the skeptic as well with scientific research and so on. Can you remind me and remind our audience what has gone in to the research in this book? Yeah, well, I was a skeptic, um, and my dad was dying of cancer, and someone gave him the first book that chronicled what has been called near-death experiences, but really it's when someone clinically dies, their heart stops beating, in some cases their brainwaves cease, and yet they're resuscitated. And what many of them talk about is a taste of the life to come, Um, both the good and, and the not good. And um, I read that book in one night, and so many of them talked about Jesus that I said to myself, oh my gosh, like this God stuff may be real, and I need to know. And that set me on a journey, and the next year I got into a small group Bible study, and that's where I came to faith. So I went from a career in engineering, um, ultimately into ministry, and along the way, though, I have studied over a thousand of these near-death experiences, wanting to understand how does this reconcile to the Bible, um, and, and, and how do these fit together? Yeah, you wanted to confirm the Bible, and, and I appreciate that, because I was once a skeptic as well, and so I, I really um, find great hope from the way in which you've backed this up. This is a biblical book. It's not you know merely a scientific book. It, it marries the two, which I really appreciate. Um, you know, John talks a lot about sort of the realities of heaven, uh, Dr. Jeffress, and, and I think you want to bring that home to kids at, at a very young age. It says your book is written for kids between four and seven. What is it that kids most need reassurance? from your first your very first question in the book is um, is having a real place essentially uh, and you answer that for children how how do you get to that place with little ones they're pretty imaginative so maybe it's not that hard for them how do you get to that place yeah, well, I think one reason it's a question for them as well as adults is we're exposed every day to so many imaginary things through science fiction, the books we read, uh, uh, television, movies, and they want to know how do I separate, you know, the real from imaginary? Uh, is heaven a real place? And by the way, adults want to know the same thing as well. Yeah. Is heaven a real place or is it just a state of mind? And Jesus answered that question very clearly in John 14 when he said, I go to prepare a place for you. And that's why I called this book A Place Called Heaven. Mm-hmm. We don't get into the Greek words in a children's book, but that word place, topos in Greek, means a geographical location. And you know, on the Mount of Olives, the Bible says Jesus ascended from the Mount of Olives into heaven. Uh, if heaven is a state of mind, how do you go from a geographical location on earth into a state of mind? Yeah. No, heaven is a very real place, and it's a place that we can look forward to yeah and and you have other exciting things that you want to share with kids in your book we'll get back to that so uh, john i want you to and do you mind if i'm calling you john instead of pastor oh, burke no not at all <laughs> um i just I want like my name okay good yeah that's a good name um after the disciple that jesus uh, loved that name um can you express for our audience and i and i've read this book probably three times through uh, some of the most compelling evidence that has to do with things that people saw that they could not have seen. I mean, they literally could not have seen it unless they had a visit to heaven. Things that they would not have known. Uh, blind people coming back and understanding what had happened in their room um, because they'd seen it and they hadn't heard anything. Their brain was dead for, you know, it was gone for a couple of minutes. Tell, tell folks some of the most compelling stuff that you were able to write about. 
Yeah, well, um, the most compelling evidential um, cases are ones are the ones that convince skeptical doctors are like um, one was reported in uh, The Lancet. It's like the Journal of the American Medical Association for Europe. And a guy comes into the hospital in Holland, and he's comatose, and his heart's not beating. Uh, they discover that he has dentures, so they take his dentures out, a nurse does, and puts them in the lower drawer of a crash cart, and then they um, intubate him and shock him and get his heart going again, but he never came to in the ER. They move him to another room. A week later, he comes out of the coma, and he, he sees the nurse, and he says, you, you're the one who put my dentures in that lower drawer of the crash cart. And they were able, because he had lost his dentures, and he was able to tell them who was in the room and exactly what had happened. And this is, this is actually one of the commonalities um, found you know, in, in most all of these, is that when people die, they, they come alive, and they are alive in a new body. Uh, in fact, I believe that Paul actually um, had one of these experiences. In, in Acts 14, it records how in Lystra, he was stoned to death, dragged out of the city, and left for dead. And then he gets back up. And in 2 Corinthians 12, he talks about himself, how 14 years ago, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know, but I was taken up to paradise and, mm -hmm. and you know, told and seen things un unbelievable. Well. Uh, why didn't he know if he was in the body or not? Well, because just like he said in 1 Corinthians 15, our, our bodies are they're buried in weakness. They're raised in power. You know, they're, they're buried natural bodies, but they're raised spiritual bodies. Yeah. And that's what people talk about. Now, initially, they're still, many of them are still in the room where their resuscitation is taking place. So, like the, like the Lancet guy, uh, another one... Um, in a hospital in um, Seattle uh, w was able to actually see a shoe that was out on the ledge because they were able to move, at, uh, see a shoe out on the ledge and tell the hospital workers when they came back, go look for it, and sure enough, described it perfectly, he could find it. Because he left his body. And, and, and this is going to allow me to go back to Dr. Jeffress. Thank you for those beautiful stories, John. Um, kids have a lot of questions. And I think what you're saying with these 10 uh, most exciting things to share about our forever home, Dr. Jeffress, that these are the kids, that, things that the kids want to know the most. And I just want to read a couple of them and have you address one or two of your favorites. What does heaven look like? Why is heaven called a kingdom? And, and again, in, in John's book, it talks all about what heaven looks like because people get this little taste sort of like Paul referenced as well. What we will look like, uh, will we need anything in heaven, who will be in heaven, what will we do in heaven? What are some of your favorites to share with kids that are in this book? <laughs> well, again, you know, kids have a question, uh, what will we do in heaven? Because they're afraid, like adults are, of being bored for eternity. I mean, that, that, yeah, that would be yeah. awful for most people to be <laughs> bored for eternity. And they want to be sure we're not going to be on a cloud somewhere plucking a harp. And so we talk about the fun things that we're going to do in heaven. Uh, uh, we're going to have assignments in heaven, but mainly it's going to be a place of joy. Uh, they want to know, are we going to eat in heaven? That's the big one. Really? <laughs> want to really? Know about. <laughs> yes. And, and uh, so forth. And so we show, you know, a banquet table and ice cream and watermelon and all of the things. And people say, well, how do you know we're going to eat in heaven? Well, Jesus invites us to come to a great banquet uh, called the Wedding Supper of the Lamb.
lamb. And uh, the fact is that uh, even Jesus in his new resurrected body, which was a prototype of our body, the Bible says he ate during those 40 days he was on earth in his resurrected body. And we're going to be just like him. And, you know, I would have to say, you know, this book, A Place Called Heaven for Kids, yes, it's good for kids who have questions about death and dying and are exposed to the death of somebody close to them. But everybody, including children, need to know that there's a better world that awaits them. Children many times are touched by hardship in life. It might be the divorce of their parents. It might be bullying or cyberbullying. And while it's true this world is filled with sadness, the Bible says that there's a better world that awaits us. And that's the great hope we have as, as Christians. And children need that hope as well. So this is a book that's suitable for children at any time, not just when they lose a loved one. Well, and it gives you an excuse to be able to broach the topic with a child. And, and sometimes you're not quite sure how to get there when you have to talk about things like death and dying. So it does provide that opportunity. Um, you know, John, you talk about some of the same things that Dr. Jeffers is talking about, and that is how heaven looks and what we experience and what we taste and and, and how time looks. And these overwhelming um, stories are, are, and I say overwhelming because of the way in which they're unified in their observations and, and the things that they see and things that you wouldn't know how to say if you lived on earth and had never been exposed to this, that sort of light is coming out of plants and light is coming out of fruit. And um, you can feel love emanating from everything, the rocks and the grass and um, God's light is every, it lights up everything from the inside out. I mean, and, and people say this universally and people and from other countries that have not been exposed to the Bible. And these are things that we also hear of in the Bible. So I, I just love some of these visions that you have. Would you share one or two of the kind of the universal things that people report when they've had these near-death experiences? Yeah, um, I mean, like I said, a, a new body, a spiritual body that not like with five senses, but more like 50 senses. And, and you don't think about it, but the Bible confirms this all over the place. Like I said, Paul, you know, talking about how our bodies were buried in weakness, raised in power, but also John, in the book of Revelation, is taken up on a high mountain um, overlooking the New Jerusalem, which, by the way, Captain Dale Black describes that in incredible detail when his plane crashed and he died. Um, he's a believer. He's a Christian. Uh, but the, John says that he could read what was on the, the foundation stones. Well, how could you read from that far away, from up on a very high mountain? Mm -hmm. Well, they talk about that. Our, our, our eyesight, our senses are, are heightened. Um, Great reunion, you know. They, they talk about how um, relatives and friends who have died before them come to meet them, and, and they, they call it their welcoming committee, and they know that they're there not only to welcome them, but they also say to protect them, which I think is a very important interpretive key that we can get into if you want. But Jesus said this too, you know, Luke 16, 9, he said, use your resources wisely to make friends on this earth so that when they're gone, they will welcome you into a eternal, uh, an eternal home. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're referring to things that are confirmed over and over again in your book. I mean, it's really, if you read the whole thing, and if you have courage to believe, there are so many things in this book that I find undeniable in the way in which they prove heaven. Okay, we have time for about two more questions for each of you, and then I want to tell folks, we're going to do a whole extra bit today. We're going to do something after we go off the air for podcast. It's going to be our special podcast extension of this show that you can go get this weekend and hear the rest of the story because I've got some exciting things that I'm holding for that podcast. So Dr. Jeffress, as we consider what children need to know, 
And I'm going to save your three tips for grieving kids for the podcast section. But as we consider what children need to know and all of the different chapters that you cover, what most resonates for you? What did you get most excited about? What do you most want to share with children when you think about your grandkids and you think about the prospective readers of this book? What within those pages uh, seemed most mm, valuable and the reason that children needed to know that there was a heaven? Well, I, th- I would say two things. One is, you know, the very fact that will we know one another in heaven, and the answer is yes. You know, when we die, we don't become somebody else in heaven. And it's not somebody else who goes to heaven. We go to heaven. And the relationships we have here on earth continue in heaven in a better way. And that gives kids a lot of assurance because they don't want to be in an unfamiliar place with unfamiliar people. And uh, that's why we talk about the fact that we do know and will love one another in heaven but the most important question perhaps is the last question and that is how can I go to heaven and I really believe the most important job we have as parents and grandparents is to lead our children to know Christ as Savior and that's why I wrote this book a place called heaven for kids is a guide a tool for children to be led by their parents and grandparents into knowing Christ as Savior yeah yeah well thank you for doing it and and actually John's book because again he was trying to confirm uh, through all these NDEs, the things that this are said in the Bible. And uh, he also has the hell experiences. He's got a chapter on that as well. And so he outlines the reality of both heaven and hell, even though our modern-day culture ever wants to avoid that sometimes. Um, I just one last quick question for you, and then we're going to save the rest for the podcast extra, John. Um, what was most meaningful to you as a former skeptic? What in, in the, all the studies that you had read in that initial book when your dad was dying and then all that you laid out in this book, including the hell experiences, heaven and hell, what was most convincing to you? What was the one you lay in bed at night and thought, I, wow, th- this is it. This is it. Well, it's hard, it's hard to pick one, but I would say the, the people who are blind from birth, um, like Vicky, who she was blind from birth. Um, she was a Christian. She has this car accident. And people who are blind from birth, when they have this near-death experience, they can see. And it's hard for them to adjust to at first. But she could see. She realized she was dead. And she said, I knew where I was going. And she took off and in, in, you know, finds herself in this beautiful uh, garden with, um, you know, the, the beauty of heaven is the beauty of earth, but more. Mm-hmm. It, it's, the, it's the flowers and the trees and the plants and the mountains and the rivers that we recognize here, but there's, there's more. There's so much more. And one of the things that they talk about commonly is, like you said, the light of heaven, which is not just light. It's not light like the sun brighter than that but not hard to look at and it's light that is love and life all together now they also describe the colors way beyond our color spectrum and and vicky and other blind people describe this light like you said is coming out of everything the the light of god the crazy thing and this is this is what that was so astounding is isaiah says this in isaiah 60 john says this in Revelation 21, most Christians 
don't realize this, that in heaven, you know, there is no sun or moon because the glory of God is its light and Jesus is its lamp and the nations will walk in that light. Amen. And I have to stop you there. Okay. I want to let everybody know. There's more. Oh, yes, that's, that's right. That I know there is. And we can do this in our podcast extra. The show's not over. That's the good news. If you need a little bit more of heaven, we're going to do something special today. We're going to give both Dr. Jeffress and John Burke a chance to rejoin us on our podcast extra. You just go to channelmom.com and click on the podcast in the upper menu there and you can hear the rest of the show. I'm going to ask John to talk about some of those who've tried to debunk these NDEs because he has scientific proof that they're actually wrong. And then Dr. Jeffress is going to give us three tips for dealing with kids who are dealing with grief. So uh, please go to those. Dr. Jeffress, John Burke, so grateful to have you on the radio show today. Mom, if nobody's thanked you today for all you do, if you feel like people don't notice all you do, God bless you. Thank you from us for all that you do. Have a beautiful weekend.